Welcome back to Falling in Love with Failure. I'm your host, Sarah Rose Kranger, and we are sharing inspiring stories from creative entrepreneurs. I'm so excited about today's guest. We sat down with Christina Clark, CEO and founder of Enchantment Box, a magical vegan subscription box delivered to your doorstep every month. We had a really great conversation and one of the topics that kind of kept coming up is this power within, creating your own destiny, taking control and manifesting and realizing the world and universe wants to work with you and for you. And there's so much power within that. It's all about claiming it. So I can't wait to share this episode with you. Stay tuned, sit back. Don't forget to give us a review, a like, a follow. Here's this week's Falling in Love with Failure. Hey guys, welcome back to Falling in Love with Failure. This is Sarah Rose Kringer, your host, and I'm so excited. We are launching a new series, uh, Conversations with Creative Entrepreneurs, talking all about their highs, their lows, their journey, and sharing that with you. Um, I'm so excited for today's guest, Christina from Enchantment Box. She is a mega boss babe, all around amazing human being. Um, She's so inspiring and I'm so excited to to get this time to be able to um, one, chat and catch up with her, but two, to share her story because it is truly awesome. So welcome, Christina, to Thanks, Sarah, for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Oh my gosh. I, I am. Oh, I am always like in awe of you. Um, I think your whole, your passion and like, you're all around like closed loop, um, of one, a feel good product. Right. But then you also have like, you give back to, um, the sanctuary farm and you, uh, you support small other independent women owned businesses. You're vegan, cruelty free. I mean, like you basically cover all of the boxes <laughs> <laughs> and you spread magic. So it's like, you're bringing light oh my gosh. The world and, um, you're doing it all with a subscription box. Yes. You're hired. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So so much. Um, yeah, so I own Enchantment Box. Like you said, um, it's a magical monthly subscription service. So I've been doing this for about a little over two years now. Um, and every box is like a different, fun, magical, whimsical theme. So like some of the boxes we've had most recently have been everything from Cinderella to cosmic crystals to desert dreams. Um, we have an Art Nouveau box that's launching this month, and our upcoming July box is very fairy and whimsy and um, all about Midsummer Night's Dream. And so it's just, it's really fun to like play up those themes. And I'm really trying to encourage women to kind of evoke that childlike wonder and imagination. I know in like modern day society, it's like, we're, we're doing so much. We're like right. the means of multitasking, as you know. And I look <laughs> to you for that too, because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's doing this business and that. And I'm like, wow, like I, I look up to you so much for everything. Oh my gosh. I can't even keep up. <laughs> Trying to keep my brain on check. 
all the wonderful things you do as well. And it's just, it's so, it's inspiring, but there's also times where we need to step back and hit the reset button. And so I kind of wanted to create a box that was uh, just something you didn't really necessarily need to think about, but could be delivered to your door every month and just would create that experience for you to nurture, to self-care. And like you brought up a really important point is like, I like to feature, um, it's about 95% all women run businesses um, and really just connecting the people that purchase from me um, with those makers, because it's like that experience. And I know you love the farmer's market too. And you're all about, you know, shopping local and supporting, you know, local Chicago and um, which I adore. And it's like, and I just feel like having that connection with who you're buying from just makes you feel even more inspired, but like, you know, where the ingredients are and it's right. and curated and and so having that connection and kind of creating like a collaborative collective of women that it's all about kind of nurturing that, that whimsy and imagination and, and also, you know, being vegan and, and creating a cruelty free box was super important to me. And, um, I know like with your clothing line as well, like, I mean, we've been yeah. doing this for a while now and it's like, and, you know, trying to be change agents in other ways with, um, you know, vegan fashion or vegan beauty and things like that. And knowing that you can purchase these things and have it be affordable and, you know, good for you. And so I'm kind of just trying to also reach that demographic as well. So there's yes. a lot of different things. <laughs> I love it. You know, um, and something that like, I don't know, I don't know. So we closed the boutique, uh, like brick and mortar officially. Mm -hmm. Uh, two years, 2017. So about two years mm -hmm. ago. And that was my first time not being in a space where like I engaged with consumers face-to-face -face on a regular basis, you know? And yeah. um, so to me uh, as a consumer um, and with this like online digital world that we're in, that story, that backstory, the, the care and the thought process that goes into every part of um, not only like, you know, yours is like numerous products in one box, but, mm -hmm. um, but then that you're, you know, the women and, you know, and the men and creating the products that you're um, showcasing in your box, like they've got that same drive and passion. And so there are nothing. And I was in a, in like a creative meeting um, with a potential new client, like two months ago or so. And my outfit was like head to toe uh, from friends, you know, like that are mm -hmm. designers and, and vegan designers or um, sustainable designers. And there's, I, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's nothing more that sparks more joy than being able to um, respond to a compliment and be able to say like, my friend made this and it's so cool. Like, oh, I'm so happy that you like it, that yeah. you enjoyed it um, because you know, supporting independent designers that um, have such amazing intentions um, yeah. and thought behind uh, each, you know, product that they produce. And um, so, yeah, I, there's something about that connection in our digital world of scrolling through social media and losing mm -hmm. that like connected thought process. Exactly. Um, that's yeah. so beautiful. And that, that, you know, triggers something deep within that's like, oh, this mm -hmm. feels so good. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, it couldn't. Yeah, you just totally got that because honestly, like I feel like the last couple of years, I've also found like, of course, you know, you, I consider you a good friend, but all of the other women that I've met who have been makers that have been featured in my box and, and I just feel like Enchantment Box as a whole has brought me just so many like-minded, beautiful souls. And I've created, you know, with Enchantment Box, I have like a private Facebook group called the Unicorn Herd. And I it's love that. A group of like magical women, right? And like, we're just supporting each other, um, you know, inspirational quotes or stories or sharing photos and things like that. But yes, like, I think that, I think Instagram is wonderful and all of that. But sometimes we can lose sight of ourselves a bit. And so to, to connect in with that and what Enchantment Box has done for me and other people is just, it's beautiful. And that inspires me to keep going because that's really why I'm doing it. So Definitely. You make me yeah. want to get back on Facebook. I want to be a part oh. of the Unicorn Herd. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, uh, I, I think that's amazing. And it's so true, you know, and and there's there as digital as our world is becoming, um, you know, there's positives and negatives to um, to social media. But I mean, the people that I've met and actually like met in person and have been able to support or um, collaborate with and and like be a part of their process and and then be a part of my process. Um, has been amazing. I mean, like yeah. a tribe. I mean, yes. <laughs> and I can't remember exactly. I can't remember exactly how we met, uh, but I know it was obviously through Instagram. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm like trying to think if it was through Sarah Rose or if it was through Dressed in Disney. I'm not sure. I can't, I don't even, <laughs> I feel like maybe it was Dressed in Disney, but I don't know, yeah. um, which is, you know, it's so funny because that was such a like random, um, a random account. And I talked to you guys listening. Um, I've talked about it a bit and I'll probably go into further detail eventually later about dress and Disney and that story. But, um, just like the community that I found through it has been amazing. Yeah. And, um, and I'm pretty sure that's how we connected because I think you were doing, um, I want to say you had, it wasn't, was it an Alice in Wonderland themed box that? Honestly, I feel like we connected almost from the beginning. Like I feel right. like I came out with like my July box in 2017, the secret garden theme. And I swear oh, you got that box. I, I like, did. I yes. <laughs> so maybe it was that one right away. Like, yeah, I feel okay. like. And, and just to everyone listening, Sarah is such an incredible like mentor and like business <laughs> boss, babe. Like I remember like you from the very beginning, we like hopped on like an hour call and you're like, oh my gosh, I love your vision. Like, let me know how I can help in any way. And I was just like, like you were honestly one of the first. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like she is special. And then we connected on so many different levels because right. <laughs> of the vegan stuff, the magical, you know, component. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful. just, there was a lot of, and that's a, the beauty of it is that like, um, you're able to connect with people that share similar like interests. And it's so easy to like, kind of find them through, you know, hashtags and, and 
filter through and be able to have that connection. And then my biggest thing about social media is that as long as you're spending equal amounts uh, in real face, you know, face to face uh, or over the phone, stuff that's like tangible and and really connected um, to other human beings, it's amazing. It's an amazing yeah. tool. Um, you know, I find myself sometimes I can get like lost in like the scroll and, stuff <laughs> um, and, and then I like wake up an hour later and I'm like, where am I? What, <laughs> what have I been doing? But no, I, I love that. Um, especially with, with this series, I'm pretty sure a majority of, uh, of the guests coming on are all through have for the most part, all been met through Instagram, um, relationships that I've like gotten to know in person. Um, and, and I think that's like, it's so special and I love that. So I really appreciate, um, you coming on today and, and (laughs) go further into kind of your backstory and, um, how you got to where you are today. And, um, obviously like our, our life is always a journey, right? It like is never really ending until we're like in the ground. Um, (laughs) not even over, but, (laughs) But I love that. <laughs> but yeah, like um, first off, I always love to ask, what is your what's your vegan story? Like, how long have you been a vegan? Um, when did that when did that hit, and what inspired you? Yeah, so I um, a little bit about me is I grew up in Vermont, and I you know, was surrounded by cow farms, sheep farms, everything. I mean, it was beautiful. I grew up on a little dirt road in the woods and it was, it was amazing. Such an idyllic place to kind of create this imagination that I now have brought into Enchantment Box in my thirties. And it, it just, it really kind of shaped me to who I was and my connection with animals and flowers and trees and all of that. And so I've always been extremely sensitive and empathic. Even as a child, I was a bit more introverted and I found myself like spending more time in the woods than anything else. Um, and, uh, <laughs> When I was 11, I watched the movie Babe with the little talking pig. And (laughs) when I saw that movie, I just, I was bawling. It's the beginning scene where the babe is separated from his mom and the mom is on the truck to the slaughterhouse. And I just remember asking my mom after watching it, like, where does meat come from and and all of that? And is this really like you killed animal? I just didn't understand that. Right. Um, And unfortunately, you know, when people, even children, if they look at a burger, they don't associate it with a cow. Oh, we're not Um, taught that. I mean, (laughs) a food doesn't even look like where it it comes from or what it is. So it's so disconnected. It's so disconnected. And so I was lucky enough to have, you know, parents that were like, okay, you know, I understand why you want to make this decision. And I remember Morningstar was like the first brand that came out and they made these links. I mean, thank God that things have changed since then. And now we're too bad and have like the most incredible yummy options, but they weren't that good. Um, But I became vegetarian at that point. And I became a little bit of an activist um, and I really appreciated PETA was like the first animal rights organization in that time in the nineties that was like 
really accessible. I wrote to them and they sent me about a hundred leaflets to, to oh hand back to my I school. I just got chills. Uh, <laughs> and um, and how old were you? Oh, sorry, how old were you? Oh my gosh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, and it was a list of cruelty-free brands. So it was like a guide where you could go in and you could be like, oh yeah, Johnson Johnson tests on animals. Or, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You could use, it's like a, you know, old school app that now you can you can do that with your phone and easily <laughs> scan barcodes to right. cruelty-free. But um, yeah, and I did a speech in, um, in middle school to the entire middle school about animal testing. So we had to do any topic. Wow. And so- I really felt like, even though, like I said, it was kind of more of an introvert, I felt so in, empowered to talk about animals and, and the cruelty behind, you know, cosmetics and the meat industry, even at that age. And I feel like that's what kind of started my activism. And so throughout the years, I mean, I started an animal rights club in boarding school, and wow. I've done a lot of different things to kind of help yeah. um, animals but uh and then I would say about is it 10 or 11 years ago now I watched earthlings when it first came out oh my um, gosh right yeah and that was if for those that are listening um it's probably the most profound documentary ever done on animal rights issues and it goes over you know animals in entertainment animals in clothing food um and just how the, like it's just the most atrocious difficult to watch but so important and after that I got rid of all my leather I mean I completely like overnight became a vegan I couldn't wow, do it yeah. anymore so in a in a really long story that's kind of how I became vegan and then I actually um used to be the Los Angeles campaigns manager um for PETA. So I used to do a lot of uh, protesting and, um, you know, just grassroots activism and, and talking to people, you know, whether it was at the third street promenade here in LA, but just more of the education proponent and also lobbying. One of my main things was uh, for SeaWorld and lobbying against, you know, having uh, killer whales in captivity and all of yeah. that. So there's been, there's a lot to my activism and it's still, it's still, you know, a, a huge part of my life, but I've kind of turned it into a way where I, I don't know if you feel the same way and I'd love to hear when you became vegan, um, but it, it really, I was kind of an angry vegan, to be honest, because when you see all of those things, it's, it's just really, it's really hard not to just be upset with the world and kind of shun people who aren't already on right. that journey. And I found through my own kind of inner workings and, and just meditating and trying to keep a balance because you can only take so much negativity and right. really just channeling that into more of a, a positive and greater good. So that's why, you know, with something that's magical like Enchantment Box, I can I can help vegan brands kind of get out there, but also like you brought up earlier, I donate a um, percentage of each box sale to Enchanted Farm Sanctuary. And it's honestly for those that are listening, like 
follow her, the Enchanted Farm Sanctuary. Yes. Her name is Robin, and she has a, over 100 animals. She just rescued three dairy calves. Um, they are Aww. the cutest. And, and she's um, the one that puts the flower crowns on puts on flower crowns on all the animals. Yes, it's so, so cute. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's like, it's, and that's important. You know, I want everyone to see, you know, how beautiful these animals are. And unfortunately, you know, those calves specifically were um, in the dairy industry. And when twin calves are, or when a when a, a cow is pregnant with twin calves and one of them is male and one is female, the female is always um, unable to uh, bear uh, a calf. So oh, she's wow. considered sterile. And so there's no use for her um, in the milk industry. So generally they're always slaughtered for veal. Unfortunately with milk, all calves are kind of a byproduct unless they're female and are able to, to give milk for a few years of their life. And then they're later sold for hamburger meat. So there's, there's that. So a lot of people don't understand that by drinking milk, it's right. a really industry. So, so to have Robin highlight these babies and, and show their personalities, I think it helps people understand that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I can, I, and I think that, um, so I was about 13 when I became a, a pescatarian and that, but I started my vegetarian journey really the only reason I think I ate fish is because we had just gotten back from Alaska and caught like all this wild salmon. And so uh -huh. literally my parents like had a freezer full of salmon. <laughs> and after that, I was like, I can never eat this again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and that actually, that experience too, kind of was like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen salmon spawning, it's like, it's, I think it's gross. I don't like, you just see like all these fish and they're like dying in the water. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was a weird experience for mm -hmm. a 13 year old to see. Um, yeah. and, and to like put like food to face, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like, my grandma had been a vegetarian from a very young, not a young age when she moved out and thinking got married. Um, she was like, born, you know, born of very poor immigrants and they basically ate whatever they could. That was like, you know, growing up, it was like blood soup and rabbits or whatever they could find, you know, for yeah. the most part is what they ate. Um, and so she, when she was an adult on her own, she made the decision, I'm never eating meat again. And, um, was a, you know, a rebel long before the, like the mass cause, but, uh, but yeah, so, she, she was, she kind of was always like, we always did the, um, the anti-cruelty run here, uh, bark in the park. And like my aunts will tell you, like, you know, uh, my aunts will tell you that ants are a part of the family. And my grandma would name them and be like, friends <laughs> are friends and we don't kill our friends. So, um, so she, she on a very like, you know, microscopic level, like just understood, you know, uh, passion and empathy. And, um, and so that was kind of something like we were raised with, although she never was like, don't, you know, she was never like, don't eat meat. She was definitely like, she was all about the pita, like throwing, um, paint on people's <laughs> fur coats. Like she was all for that type of, uh, you know, approach, like, yeah, that. approach, but, but also like, you know, she, she didn't, my, again, my aunts, my mom, um, 
like my mom and her sisters were, they were all very poor. They lost their dad. Uh, my grandmother lost her husband at a very young age with like six kids. And uh, at a time where, you know, women weren't really working, you know, like it was odd to, you know, not odd, but it was just not the norm uh, for someone without an education to, to just go and work. Like there wasn't much to do. So they had a very limited income. So I think that was also one thing that like they ate what they could, you know, mm-hmm. um, so they survived a lot on, you know, the, the bare minimums that they had. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, it so that I kind of grew up with that. And then as, as I got older, my, it was weird. We were in Jewel, which is like the Ralphs of the Midwest. And um, my dad did a lot of cooking when we were younger and it's Midwest. It's a big steak and potatoes, you know, world. Um, and we were going to like make chili that night. And we went to the grocery store and he picked up like this packet of cow tongue like literally a cow tongue sitting on like um whatever that whatever that styrofoam and cellophane like it was a tongue wrapped in (laughs) cellophane on styrofoam and I was like why are you what is why are you grabbing that you know like I remember being like so confused that and he's like this is what we're making chili out of now he was joking but it was that moment where I was like oh my gosh, like I am eating parts of an animal. You know what I mean? I like, it didn't connect, connect until that point. So, um, so anyways, that was like my, my first thing, but, but I think as like, as my time went on and my process was year, you know, it took me another maybe four, five years to be like full vegan. And um, even in the beginning of my vegan stage, like it was off and on. And then from there I learned about, vegan lifestyle, you know, like not just vegan food, but like actually like converting your, um, wardrobe and your beauty care and all of that. And so, um, for me, I've always, I've been like, if you were on my Facebook page throughout, uh, high school, like end of high school and college, like I was definitely like sharing those images, but also (laughs) like, but also in the rebuttals and stuff, and I, I was like, hey, look, you know, it's a decision you have to make, but I have to present the evidence. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. not present it. And it's it's your choice that you have, that you can make yourself. Like I, me telling you to do something is never going to make you do it. But like showing you at least like, once you know something, you can't unknow it. So like exactly. take that information and do what you will with it. Um but I've, I've gotten way more feedback from, from that, like informative living my life and trying to share the fun, like, look at these beautiful recipes and look how great this tastes. And like, look at all of these options that you have. Um, my big thing is making vegan fun so that people want to get into it, uh, because it's fun and it tastes better and it's better for you. But those are like all kind of like the side effects of becoming vegan, right? You know what I mean? um, Once you're in it and once you get there and your body has a chance to um, detox from all of the the grossness that, you know, I say that we've been putting in our bodies for so long. Because I grew up on McDonald's, um, you know, hamburgers basically. Mm -hmm. And then and then in high school, I was like, you know, protesting McDonald's chicken nuggets and all that. Right. (laughs) So like it's, everyone has their own process. And I think that you get the information, the seed is planted. And then as life progresses, things will kind of speak to you and say, Hey, you know, maybe it's time to, 
start doing meatless Mondays. Hey, maybe it's time to give up uh, pork and red meat. And then from there, chicken and fish. And then from there, you know what I mean? It's like uh, that I, I believe in like the, I love people that can do it cold turkey. Um, but, but I think like for me, what I know for creating like a lifelong, if I'm in this for over Mm -hmm. 60, 70 years, I'm all about like replacing habits and trying to get on that, um, that kind of approach. But, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that between, um, like you said, the magical aspect to your box and, and the interconnectedness of, making every part of it um, supportive to the, the world that you would like to see is, is fascinating. Like it's amazing. And so, um, and, and I see like, you know, I see it growing and booming and you've had tremendous successes in the short amount of time that, um, that you've started this box. And I know it's not all easy, um, right. <laughs> but, but it's definitely, you know, I I've seen, you do some pretty awesome things. I've seen placements and, um, you know, the visibility of your brand in some major publications that, um, you know, 10 years ago would have laughed at like, uh, um, you know, cruelty-free vegan box. Like it was like vegans were the joke of town. Right. You know, and now it's like to be able to see, like they're getting that front focus. Um, right. Sure. is amazing. So, all right. So we've talked, we've talked about our like vegan back history, right? <laughs> um, and, and it's all, I, everything's so interconnected. Um, so w- tell me about your, tell me about your back history, your inspiration and like, I guess to go out on your own, to like, to go the road less traveled, like where were you before? Yeah. Did you, were you always an entrepreneur? Did you work for other people? Um, do you like school? You do you not, did you not like school? <laughs> Are you a college dropout? Tell me your history. Yeah. I want to know it all. Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like I could probably write a book one day and I'm not like, I'm not even kidding just because I feel like I've done so many things and I've been blessed to be able to, to take so many paths, but I've always kind of come back to uh, the magic of life and bringing back that imagination. And, and that's kind of why I, I do Enchantment Box now. But yes, yeah, so like I said earlier, I grew up in Vermont. Um, I have a mother who is Swedish who came over here, some first generation Swedish. I have dual citizenship. And I spent a lot of time in the Swedish countryside as well growing up. So I've always, always been in nature. And um, that's, that's, so important to me and and also like I'm also like side note just encouraging others to get outside more I know you brought up something earlier where you said making sure that you know as much time as you're spending on social media at least that or more you know interacting with people in person and getting out and I think that is huge and more people need to put the phone down I I'm like I'm I know you asked me another question but it's so important to bring up is like when people are sitting together, I'm just so sick of seeing everybody like at restaurants, all being on their phones and the engagement. So like that interconnectedness is so important Um, to lose that. And I think you and I, we kind of grew up in the, 
last part of this like generation that right. we didn't have phones right away when we were little and the internet was just kind of coming out. I mean, it makes me sound so old. No, it's like, true. It was like dial up that yeah. whatever it was. Exactly. <laughs> the very like, beginning. I'm like <laughs> blushing because that. Oh my god! But no, it's true. So much has changed. I mean, yes, it's so much has changed, and I can't imagine what it's like for younger people these days. Yeah to find mental breaks. You know what I mean? You're on everywhere you go. We couldn't have phones in school and now phones and laptops are like a big part of like our phones would get taken away in school. Right. Like, but now it's like, pull out your phones for your calculator. Like exactly. um, Yeah. And like kids, like two-year-olds are on iPads and I know that like, it can be helpful to like, you know, help the child because there's like, you know, enrichment games. And I understand that, but to see a kid saying, here's an iPad and, you know, right. it's just, it's so different from what I grew up with. So like bringing back that, like just ability. Cause I think that as we connect deeper back in with the earth, mm-hmm. we have to also understand like all of the issues that are happening with our climate right now and all of that. And it's, and I feel like being so involved in, in our phones and computers and all of that, it's easy to just kind of disconnect and not realize the bigger things that really help changing. And we are the ones to kind of start that. It starts with us. And so that's like super important to me. So um, kind of going back to like nature and the inherent ability that mother earth has for us to heal. So I, um, you know, grew up with, somebody like my mom, she was always into like, oh, you have a cold, take some echinacea or let me mm-hmm. make you some like, like lemon honey tea or, you know, anything like that. It was all like very natural. And so, right. um, even though in school, I, I, I loved like the arts and I liked history. Math was never my fave. I was never <laughs> that into school to be honest, but a funny story. I'm kind of jumping around because you asked a lot of questions. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. But in like fourth grade, this is my first entrepreneurial story is um, I, I saw like the need for like cuter folders and like pencils and stuff like that. And like yeah. school supplies. It was kind of the time of Lisa Frank. And, yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do my own. I'm going to be my own Lisa Frank. Right. So I, asked, I asked my mom for a hundred dollar investment and I went to Costco and I bought like a hundred school folders and stickers. And then I designed all my own school supplies. I so love I, it. So then I sold them out of my locker at school and everyone was like, oh my gosh, where did you get that? Like I would use like glitter pens and all that right. stuff, like, and just kind of make it fun. And I would charge, I don't know, like maybe two fifty for like a folder and a pencil or something, which was oh like a gosh. great markup for me. Yes. What happened was, is that it started getting so popular that kids started taking their lunch money from their parents and buying stuff for me instead. Oh no. (laughs) So I got in trouble with the principal. And so he made me donate all of my profits back to the school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had had turned it into um, a few hundred dollars. (laughs) So 
got that that lunch uh school lunch cash hustle going on <laughs> yes exactly but oh um, so that's kind of where like my creativity um just to to want to start something on my own and to make it cool and I had my first influencers then so I gave them to like some of the oh really popular gosh. girls and then they had it and so everyone else wanted it so I just right. laugh at the whole influencer thing now <laughs> you're like I was way ahead of this crowd <laughs> so yeah so that's pretty funny um but yeah so throughout like high school and all of that um I, you know, I always tried to like find some type of like side hustle. I, um, it's funny in eighth grade, I was really into the, the beanie baby thing. Yes, if you guys don't yes. remember, like in the oh, I remember they were <laughs> so big. And so I found through the Thai web website, that's the company that manufactures them. Mm -hmm. Um, some like boards where people did trading and selling. And so I set up a relationship with my local toy store. So whenever they got new launches, yes. I would, I would make sure to get the special ones and I would sell like a $5 Beanie Baby for sometimes 300 to even up to a thousand dollars. Like there was, look at you go girl. Like, there was like a princess Diana bear or something yes. that I did. So yeah, it was like, the first like generation one and I still uh -huh. her for so much but yeah so there was like things like that that I always saw like I would look at trends and be like okay you know like I'm gonna do this and so um so in terms of school I mean I jumped around in college um I went to film school that's kind of like what my degree is in and I uh I just I was in the industry for a little while, but honestly, it wasn't an environment where I felt I, I did commercial production where mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't want to sell things that I didn't, you know, agree with or consume. Right. I mean, I was doing like ads for like Hillshire Farm Meat or like Burger King. And right. for all of you guys that are listening, like, it's so crazy. And I'm sure you guys all know this, but like the food and all of that, I mean, it's not real. It's literally painted on colors and all of that. It's, oh it's um, totally manufactured. That's why it never actually looks that way. In, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, exactly. So, Although props to Burger King for introducing um, the Impossible, Impossible Burger, right? Burger. Yes. yes. I heard That's it's awesome. like now finally because it just launched in St. Louis and now it's going to be in San Francisco is the next oh, hub. I'm so to Chicago to LA. <laughs> cool, Carl's Jr. here, um, which is like I think parties on like in the Midwest. Or okay, Europe, but they have the Beyond Burger, so nice. you can go to fast food now and get a vegan burger, which is amazing. I um, love it. Yes, yeah, yeah, we've got. I mean, so I funny story. I had never had White Castle because by the time I was basically, I mean, I don't know. Do you have White Castle by you? I don't know. Uh, I think the closest one is in Vegas. Okay. So yeah. White Castle here in high school was like, you know, people were getting high or drunk at night and you don't go to White Castle and it's like, unless it's like 2 a.m., right? Okay. Um, but now that wasn't like my lifestyle one, but also, um, I was a vegetarian by that point. So I had never been to White Castle until what was that a year ago when they introduced mm -hmm. the Impossible Burger. 
And mm. um, so they've got the Impossible Burger. And shamefully, I have now been at least three or four times in the matter of a year, which is crazy because I don't usually do fast food. Right. Sometimes, sometimes a girl just needs a quick burger. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And you can go to um, White Castle here uh, yes, for it. I so. love that, that accessibility. That's so amazing. Yes. But you know, it's so, um, so quick things. So really like my background uh, in terms of professionally has been working with naturopathic health. So that oh, okay. has been my focus. After film, I was a buyer for Whole Foods Market in Northern California for all. I didn't know that. Yeah, vitamins. So I got to do trainings and stuff with like all these companies and learn like, you know, what certain vitamins or what certain herbs do what and and really how to like help people. And I, you know, worked with the most incredible doctors where there's larger companies that Whole Foods sells that actually has the science and um, the ability to pay for studies on the efficacy of, you know, natural medicines, which we so need. And, and I know some people are kind of weary because it's not, you know, condoned by the FDA, but there's so many studies. Um, right. And, and that has been incredible just to like learn all of that. So I took that and moved back to Vermont and I worked with a naturopathic doctor helping deliver um, babies at home. Wow. Yeah. And so, and, and helping prenatal postnatal care pediatrics. And then I moved back out to California and worked in uh, naturopathic oncology. So totally different end of the spectrum. And I was a naturopathic doctor's assistant. So I would do all the phlebotomy, like drawing blood and, and helping patients with um, making the tinctures and Chinese medicine and all of that. And so being in that for so long, um, I just, I learned so much about the importance of preventative care. Right. So kind of going back into an enchantment box, because I left that, um, you know, profession to start my business two years ago, because I saw the need for women to like literally take time to care for themselves, but also products that have ingredients that they can actually pronounce and, and because there's so many, there's so many different layers. And I feel like we could talk for hours about this, but, and I know that you and I have had personal conversations in terms of just all of our health, um, the medical medium, for example, I I had that on my list to bring up today. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now is just kind of really trying to put out more of like the green beauty and, and understanding so anything that goes on our skin within like 15 to 20 seconds is absorbed right away. And so if you consider our skin being our largest organ, you know, using non-aluminum deodorant and things like it's so important. Um, and they've done a lot of studies where they do biopsies of breast cancer and they find, you know, those ingredients that are in generic, you know, brands like secret and I'm, I'm just going to call them out, but like, <laughs> you know, you call them out, girl, call, call them out. out. You have to be careful because, oh, well, you know, that's, true. you're putting, yeah, pr- pretty like heavy, like metals and all of that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a scary world, but what I'm trying to do is kind of create that magic, but also the importance of education with that as well. And I, you know, I'm also starting a whole other side business. Um, 
And I'm going to do actually a brick and mortar on the East Coast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for this. I got a sneak sneak intro uh, chat about this, but I I definitely want to talk about it more um, on here for everyone, if, if you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting is life, like you said, until you're in the ground, there are so many paths that you could take. And sometimes um, you, you just may not know why you're doing something in that moment that you're doing it, or you're in a job 100%. and you're like, I just don't understand why am I going through this? What life lessons? And, and I just, I didn't understand, like I, I was doing naturopathic health and it was, I spent so many years doing it and I'm like, okay, So at this point, I can't move up past what I'm doing. I've done all the credentialing I can and all of that, except for going back and becoming a doctor. And I was like, do I really want to do that? And for me, I'm not so much into school itself. I'm more like somebody that likes applied um, things. So if I was going to go out in the woods and try to find, you know, medicinal, like a medicinal mushroom or certain type of plants and learn the botany and all of that. I, that's the type of learning I really do well with. If I was sitting and having to learn, you know, all of these like lectures and biochemistry, like that's so over my head. And I was like, no, this is not for me. And so I really had to take, you know, what, what really inherently is within and wanting to teach people like the importance of, of the healing ability of plants. Um, but also everybody that I've met through enchantment box over the last few years, all the women entrepreneurs and men too, um, that create these incredible products. And so I'm weaving all of my knowledge from herbology and, and the naturopathic medicine side to finding these incredible people that have created all these products that are in my boxes and weaving them together into a shop that people can come visit. I mean, I'll also have online, but it's called Witchwood and it's W-Y-T-C-H wood. And I really like with my partner, Ben, um, we really want to create something where you feel like you're stepping into nature when you're in the shop and you are immediately wanting to like reconnect with that part of ourselves and finding products that again are really clean and are like effective but connecting people with the makers as well so it's going to be like a collective Um, I love that so Yeah. yeah so that's and, and it's also, so the doctor, one of the doctors I used to work for, she's actually on board to work with us and to create certain tinctures and all of that as well. So it's going to be like a very healing place as well. So it's going to be for mind, wow. body, and soul. So I can't really wait to go visit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Like do it now. No, <laughs> um, no, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for your growth. And isn't it interesting because I didn't know your history uh, at, at all, really, other than like, your, you know, um, I knew about your, your activism, a little bit about your, your vegan story um, and working with PETA. Um, but I had no idea about the naturopath um, career that you've had already. Mm-hmm. And and it is like, that's one of my favorite things. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast with other people is because I can see now, like how different opportunities that I said yes to, even though I had no idea how they connected to my bigger purpose or my 
you know, a dream that I've had or the goals towards, you know, mid life or whatever. And, um, well not midlife, but you know what I'm saying? Third Mm -hmm. of my life. Um, and like, I can see that for myself, but I, and be wowed and amazed by how the universe like guides you and, and leads you to different doors of opportunity. And when you, when you say yes, and you're, um, uninhibited and you jump right in, even if you don't know why you're doing it, how that can lead to like such a bigger, um, more personal goal uh, and accomplishment later on in life and how how amazing it is that it's all when you find your true like purpose it's so much bigger than yourself it's about the greater good and um and so I always I, I always love hearing and being surprised by people's histories and and seeing how that path can lead you to um you know, a magical subscription box that, you know, um, people all around the world can get. And, um, and then even that leading into something brick and mortar, um, and taking you across, you know, the country or wherever it might lead you to, um, and the new people and experiences. So, um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, do you, um, do you ever like, do you have, um, I I know you say you meditate and everything. I know you're very spiritual. So are there moments that you can remember like in your past where you specifically asked the universe for something Mm -hmm. and, and saw that come to fruition, um, very specifically I'm putting you on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I like to think of myself as a manifester, a powerful manifester. I think that I think that we all can be, we just need to remove some of the negative Mm self-talk that our our minds do. Um, I feel like there's definitely been times where I've really, you know, it's just for my life I found, and I know we've talked about this too before, but the importance of like numerology and I know 22 is a number that we experience a lot. It's my birth date number, but it follows me around whenever I know that something like I'm in line with, um, you know, my path or purpose, so to speak. And, and it's just, it's kind of like guides me throughout my life and my families, which is, it's really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like once I kind of tune into my body, I, I, I know what I need. And I think that bringing myself to whether it's doing a Kundalini class here or, you know, with others, um, I feel like recently as I've kind of honed in on really like my next steps into starting this store is really getting back into the like witchcraft part of myself. And a lot of people have negative connotations with that word, but it's, it's unfortunately something that, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, women that have been called witches, it's been oppressed, but it's something that it's, it's actually a very beautiful thing. And I feel even more connected to my inner witch, my inner goddess, that inner power within myself as being a, a, a manifester and creating, um, really what like setting intentions to what I want to create so yes in the past you know you asked very specifically I've done like a vision board Um, I find that things like writing um, 
things that you're looking for down or, or goals that you'd like to make. And then I, I burn them. So I release them out oh. into the universe. So okay. that's something, I mean, you want to be careful with that in terms right. of like, you have a, you have a lit piece of paper. So I <laughs> can do it in a sink or like a bathtub or something like that. But, but something like that is, I think the acts, the small little things that you do, um, I think that putting that attention to that is only going to help you manifest and, and give you clarity of like what you're wanting to create. So I feel like for me, um, I feel like I've done that most recently, like with Ben, who is my, my partner. And I feel like, you know, when you're looking for someone specific or you, like I said, have a certain goal, I think if you focus on everything that you really want and believe that that is true and that's already written in that for you, then those will right. appear. Those, those people will appear, those connections. And I feel like yes. kind of really hanging on to, um, and knowing your, your worth, what you deserve. And this is for anything, business, personal relationships, anything. Right. Um, and also I believe, and this is not so much like manifestation, but I think that for the biggest thing, and, and I know this is true for so many is creating boundaries for yourself, personal mm -hmm. and business boundaries, knowing how much you can extend yourself and learning to say no. And right. also as an empath, trying to observe rather than to take in, because right. I think that for a lot of sensitive people, it's it's just, it's all a lot right now. There's right. a lot going on. And so, and so to try to kind of step back and like settle in with yourself and whatever that is to you, you know, taking a bath or, or, you know, spending time in nature or gardening or, or whatever it is, you know? Right. So, so those types of things I think are, are very powerful steps you can take to kind of create what, what you want, um, and what you desire. So, and what about for you? I'm so curious. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like, again, there's been so many um, instances too where like, I, because I've been a, an empath and a manifester and like um, a creator from a young age and, and very intuitive. And so I feel like I, it's actually, it was a few years, 10, 10 years ago, maybe or so when um, I was talking to a girlfriend in LA and I had never heard of the secret. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was like, kind of sharing something about life, like a, you know, what I, we would have these conversations. Right. And it'd be like, we're going to mm -hmm. live on, we're going to live on the beach and we're going to have mansions. And like, <laughs> I was just like, this is just my life. Like, this is what it is. Like, I've right. always believed that, like, I see myself there and, um, and I have a different vision or goal for my life now than that. Um, but like, uh, but it's funny because, I mean, there's been a lot of things. I think one of, um, one of the biggest, like cool things that I think, um, happened in a short period of time. And, um, and it was with the dress and Disney, uh, stuff. I don't know if I've told you this or I think I did. Um, but basically I was at a point in my life where, I had to, I had, I had grown up thinking like, you know, people that had to like break up and I'm doing air quotes with friends. Like I, I believed in like lifelong friendships. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I had, I had never gone through any relationships that I had to 
say this is no longer healthy or suiting, you know, like enriching my life anymore. It's deterring and doing the opposite. Um, so I was at a point in my life where I had, I had to let go of three friends in the matter of like four months. Um, Mm. and I didn't like, I was struggling with that. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't understand this concept. I'm also, I can be a people pleaser and you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm a Gemini. So I'm like, I love collecting people and their stories and getting to know them. So, so this is really hard for me because I was like, anything can be worked out. We can have the tough conversations. Like, but at some point, um, you know, I have now come to realize, uh, in life that not everyone is willing to do the work with you and not everyone deserves your work <laughs> right. that you're, you're going to do for, for them and, and not receive it. Or just, there's just, there's just times when it's healthy to say, we're going separate ways. You know, I wish you the best in life. And, right. uh, so I was, I was at that point where I was like, there was, there was something big coming up and I felt like for whatever reason, God, the universe was telling me to let go and like trust that there was a new path for me, um, that would follow, like I would be making room right for, for new stuff in my life. And, um, so I, I sent that brave text and I was like, okay, like, Hey, I wish you the best in life. And, you know, I hope that your journey takes you where you wanted to go and, um, no hard feelings. Like you're an amazing human being and keep, you know, keep doing you. So I sent that text and, um, and then I was like, now what? Like I, I have goals, right? Like I have this space to fill, um, not like feel like I felt empty, but feel like I had new, I had new opportunity that was waiting for me that I knew was out there. And I had to figure out, um, where to put this, this new energy. And so I was like, you know, I love Disney and I love fashion and I want to meet more people that love Disney and fashion and that magic, um, that I've, I've gotten from Disney my whole life, because I think that's where I subconsciously learned about, um, manifesting and, and, you know, creating your own destiny and chasing after your dreams, no matter what the status quo or the norm is. Um, I mean, every Disney princess basically was teaching us like, Hey, like, don't worry that you're, you know, you're, a woman and you're everyone's trying to put you in your place like keep going after whatever you're going after and right well well you know your goals will work out Mulan and Pocahontas were like my favorite um and I loved what they stood for and that they stood for something bigger and and that they it was you know just different obviously I know those are not historically accurate um stories but but the Disney version definitely you know as a young child um spoke to me as a tomboy girl that didn't really fit in with anyone. Um, so all that to say, I, I was like, I started this Instagram account and I started a hashtag and it had been doing fair. I mean, it was all right. We had like a thousand followers and people were using the hashtag. Um, but I wanted, now that I had this space, I wanted to take it further. So I was like, I said a prayer and I was like, God, uh, if this, if this space is supposed to be filled with this, I need a sign. Right. So I sent out like 50 emails to, um, like 50 different Disney licensed companies. Uh, and one of the emails that I sent out was to Bob Iger, who is like the CEO of Disney. And, um, 
no one of those, you know, 50 businesses got back to me except for Bob Iger. And, oh and it was God. one of those things that was like, holy crap. Like, you know, Bob Iger is like an, uh, like an idol of mine. Like, you know, the top of the company that like means so much to, to me and my childhood and, and the, wow. what I my business on. And, um, so that was like one that was, that's just a fun one, you know, like of all people. And I had a call lined up that following Monday. I mean, he responded within 15 minutes of me spent sending that email and it was a Saturday. So like props to, um, for him for like, and actually like, you know, taking the time to like connect me to who they then connected me with. But, um, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, when you like, when you put, when you make space, I'm all about making space, right? I like work in people's closets all the time, cleaning them out and styling and all of that. And one of my biggest things is, um, I can make anything look cute. Like I can make, you know, I can make the ugliest t-shirt. I can style it somehow so that you can rock it and get compliments. Right. But the important thing is that, um, one, will you wear it? And two, is there something better for you in this place and time in your life that can take you where you want to be in your future that you'd Mm -hmm. rather make room for? And, and so I think that was one of those like life moments where you're like, right. Like I want to manifest more and I want to see what's out there and I've cleared some space. And so we're going to do it. And, and so, yeah, that was, that was one of my, my fun, like to share. I love that. That's so beautiful. That's like Matt, that's huge too. And I mean, I guess I had something similar in the sense that like, I guess just with exposure, um, with enchantment box is like i was featured on this show this game show called let's make a deal which was yes for me that was it was so fun and the process took a while but uh because i had to send them just like funny story is that the importance of seos i feel like you can just keep talking i mean there's so many things right like when you have a business it's really important that either someone or yourself um my backend is Shopify on my website and you can kind of work with SEO. So like a search engine optimization, like keywords. And so I make sure to do that with my box company. Um, and one of them I think is like unicorn subscription box. And so the producer of the show at CBS, like Googled that. And I somehow came <laughs> up first. And, I love it. And so she reached out to me. She's like, Hey, do you want to be on this like game show? I'm like, yes. Like, of course. So I sent in a box, but it wasn't until like a year later that the episode actually aired. And, um, it was like this past February, but it's a show for those that haven't seen it. Um, that like, you have to kind of guess what's behind like certain curtains. And if you don't guess the right one, or you choose one over the other, then you can get like a zonk or something they call it. So you don't win any prize. And so anyways, they featured my box, but they kept like other people just weren't winning it or, or were like, Oh, I'm going to try and see what else. And, you know, and, and keep going from there. So I got about eight minutes of airtime on CBS, which was so massive. I'm like, that's awesome. So like things like that. um, Yes, that's huge. I mean, that's stuff that like people pay a lot of money for. Exactly. So I've been like, I'm really, you know, I definitely still have more goals for Enchantment Box, but I almost feel like 
also the flow for creating this brick and mortar is also like, I just feel like everything is coming together really quickly. And I feel like once, like you're saying, like you put the intention out there and you clear space. So that's another thing personally I've been doing is I, um, I went through a personal um, like marriage divorce. And so that was massive is that I had to kind of move on from a relationship that was no longer serving me. And through that, I also got rid of a lot of physical things and right. things that, you know, I just, I, I, I went through a huge clearing in myself and I know that I had to, um, I had to do that to, like you're saying, make that space. And so, you know, over this, several months and all of this, I just, I feel like I finally kind of had some clarity in my life and has allowed other opportunities to come. So definitely recommend, you know, checking in with yourself and, and seeing, you know, what's around you that can really, you know, no longer serves you and, and what you can bring in. And I love that. So, so on that note, just because I think I've said this to you before about your enchantment box, um, like millennials are the younger group of consumers uh, now are all about experiences, right? They're more likely mm -hmm. to um, spend money on an experience versus a product. And I think what's interesting is that you've managed to tie in an experience with a product. Um, but not only that, uh, as we're talking about making space, right? I have gotten a couple of your boxes and what I love is that, cause I, I don't like, I I'm very, very like simple and minimal when it comes to beauty and skincare. Like I have five products sitting in, in my space. And, and yeah. other than that, like, I don't have a lot. What I love about enchantment box one, you switch it up. It's not always beauty. It's like, um, you've had everything beauty, home, um, paper goods, uh, candy, uh, hot chocolate, like there's so many different things that come in your box, but I have not once, um, had a product just like randomly sit, like everything that's in the box I use, I use it right away. Like I use it till it's gone. And, um, and I love that because as we're talking about like making space, not holding on to like things that could be filled with other things. Like I love when you find something that actually like is you, you know, cause I know a lot of other, yeah. um, I know a lot of other humans subscribe to, uh, fab fit fine or, mm -hmm. um, what's that, the other, the, what's that yeah, other like, uh, well, one? Yeah. There's like, Ipsy. I mean, Ipsy. There's, there's so, yeah. There's so many different ones. And um, so I, you see these people's like, uh, beauty counter, like cabinet medicine cabinets and drawers <laughs> full of stuff yeah. and you're like yeah. why don't why do you subscribe you're never gonna use all of that yeah. like yeah. you can't even keep up with it so one thing that I do love and appreciate um about enchantment box is I again this is my personal experience I think I've had three or four boxes maybe that n there has not been a product that hasn't that has sat anywhere in my house, like, and then Aww. I can reuse the jars from the candles. And there's, there's so much about it that I feel like, um, actually, well, I'm too far away and plugged in. I can't, I can't show you, but I have like in our office, I have from the Alice box, um, the oven mitt and oh yeah, uh, was it the apron, I think, or now I have to go check. It's hanging in our little, 
because I have an Alice themed here, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think, um, so if you aren't, if you've tried other subscription boxes, um, if you felt overwhelmed or you just felt like you were getting a ton of product that was not, um, inspiring or like being used in your life, definitely check out enchantment box. Every month is a different like theme. So you don't have to do every month. You can, you know, pay attention on Instagram or sign up. You have a newsletter. I don't, I don't know if you have a newsletter. I don't yeah, know. Um, yeah. I sent out emails definitely. So okay. you can join. If you go to um, the website, you can get 10% off your first box. Oh. A pop-up that will come up. You can put your email in, you'll get a code so you can try us out. And, um, and then, yeah, I definitely, I, I do like meet the maker uh, newsletters and things like that. Sometimes we do special like little deals, but I also have like, you know, small little collabs that I do with other artists and makers that I have in my shop at all times too, like yes. shirts and stuff like that. I love yeah. you have like the, um, and it, it wasn't like, but this is just the universe. You have the rainbow crystal soap, right? That, um, oh yeah. That's, that's so Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know it's so funny. It's like, I had no idea. And then this, um, this uh, subscriber had sent it to me. She's like, okay, the universe, like, okay. Like there's no, um, you know, coincidences in life. Right. That, you know, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor's now come out with this like whole rainbow erythral like dream right. wardrobe now is all like unicorny and like really sweet and um, my box is like blue and yellow and pink and and it says create your own fairy tale which is our motto and uh and yeah so I did this collab with crystal bar soap that was in our cosmic crystal box but I I have a lot extra just to kind of sell because it's it's such a dreamy soap but yeah it has little rose quartz in the center but yeah so there's things like that um, super fun. I love, I it. love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, I feel like we should, we'll probably have to do like a part two eventually. Um, <laughs> there's so, there's so much that we could get to, but, um, one, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I feel like we covered a lot of bases, um, but also, um, your future too, like sharing um, what you have in the works coming up. And we're so excited for that. We can't wait to come visit you and uh, shop at Witchwood um, and, and have, I, I know what you do to your boxes, so I can only imagine what your in-person experience will be like. Um, oh. It's going to be amazing. So <laughs> I, I like to wrap this up with um, a question uh, it's a three-part question, so get ready for it. Um, so if you could give your younger self um, a motto, a mantra, um, advice, uh, encouragement, whatever it might be, um, what would you give yourself at the age of six, uh, the age of 16, and then your early 20s? Wow. Okay. So let's see here. Oh, at six, um, I would probably say to really, you know, it's hard because as a child, um, you, know, you don't necessarily have the platform and, and things like that. And I feel like I've grown into my power, but mm. being sort of a more introverted child, I think, um, 
I think I would have given myself more courage um, to kind of speak out and, and also, um, yeah, I think that there was, there was, because I was such an empath as a child, um, really, I, I wanted to speak out more against either bullying in school or anything like that. And I feel like having my voice be more heard, I think would be a really big thing. Um, when I was 16, I think I would tell myself, you know, that was such a weird time for me. I'd gone through a lot of personal transformation. So really like the power of uh, believing in myself and my, my own self-worth. Um, and then, you know, sorry, what was the other age in my 20s? Like early um, 20s, yeah. Yeah, in my early 20s, I had just, you know, been done with film school and I would kind of tell myself at that time um, that, you, you never have to be pigeonholed into doing one thing. And, and I think that having the ability to understand that the world has so many different outlets you can do and never to really go on someone else's path, which film was kind of like my dad's path and, mm-hmm. and knowing that I could kind of carve out my own and kind of the, the world is your oyster type of thing. And so, um, and just, yeah, I think that, you know, my early twenties, I think I was really just starting to discover who I really was and taking that leap to leave something that I'd studied for so hard for and, and an industry that I soon found it wasn't for me and to leave that and to go to this whole other realm of naturopathic medicine, I think, you know, I think that that was that courage as a six-year-old that I wanted to tell myself that, you know, you can really be anything that you want to be and, and to always kind of believe in that. And, um, and yeah, and so here I am with, with all of these different amazing, you know, journeys and paths I've taken. And I feel like now I've, I've started to really discover who Christina really is. And I'm so excited for the future. And I feel like I'm I finally, you know, really aligned with my truest self and I couldn't ask for anything more. So I'm so excited for you. (laughs) You are my, um, you are my real life Cinderella. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, I know that we share, share that um, similar uh, love for Cinderella, especially the new live action. But um, I, I wish you so much uh, for the future. I know that you will uh, do so well. And I can't wait to, um, I think we will probably, if you'll come back, we'll do a part two once you're, you've got uh, Witchwood up and running. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can do it from there. That would be fun. Sounds amazing. But yes, thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, Sarah. You're for so magical. I, I really appreciate it. Of course. Well. Well, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us today um, and catching up on Falling in Love with Failure. That was Christina with Enchantment Box, and I am Sarah Rose, your host. Um, Hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure that you are subscribed and give us a like, share us with your friends, and we will see you next week. Well, actually, we won't see you. We will (laughs) chat next week. So hang out with us at sarahrose.co. You can find everything there and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter. All right, guys, take care and have a magical week.